This is Reset and can be found at mccabe.io. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries, mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and I'll be bringing some friends along. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that's sat on my desk for years. It reminds me that no matter how much we mess something up, there's usually a reset button. Let's get started. Welcome back to Reset, everybody. It's episode 21. I'm going to talk about, give you a little update on what's going on. Microsoft's got a big EDU reveal. We're going to talk about that and what that means to us. And we're going to talk a little bit about Project Fi. So stay tuned. I think I'll make it interesting for anyone and everyone. Right now, I want to talk about Patreon. I've got a Patreon account, and you can support this podcast and my forums and everything I do for one single dollar. I'm going to send you a really cool sticker. I'm holding it right here. I I bought a big stack of them. So I've got a huge stack. That was me slamming it on the desk, by the way. I've got a huge stack of stickers. They're the reset sticker. It's square. It's a three-inch square. And if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen a picture of it. And I kind of changed the logo just a little bit. I, I, I left the paperclip. Paperclip's not going anywhere. That's my favorite part, by the way. So I'm going to rebrand already. 20 episodes in, I'm going to go ahead and rebrand. I initially said, what did I say on the logo? Automation, networking, and storage. And that was kind of to get me through the HSS merge into reset and beyond. But I'm going to take it towards a trending technology podcast. I think that describes where I want to go. Trending technology. Now, having said that, I'm going to talk about NAS and storage and microservers and Synologies and QNAPs and streaming TV. You know, I'm doing that. I mean, a lot of that does fall under the trending technology uh, heading. I don't foresee a very large change in what I'm doing. Just trying to keep an open door towards the future. I kind of shoehorned myself in with Home Server Show. I mean, when you create a domain like that, you're, man, that's what you're doing. You're a Home Server Show, right? So Reset kind of pertains to everything. So I like it. You can have one of these for your very own for just a simple dollar. Go over to patreon.com slash David McCabe and become a patron. It will ask you for your address address sound like Popeye it'll ask you for your address I will send that over to you maybe I'll even deliver it to you if you live nearby at dinner time of course and you can stick this on your laptop on your bumper your backpack wherever you want on a child send them to school please good advertising maybe send them to the mall on Saturday with these stuck all over them but it's no it's not really advertising it's just something I always wanted to do a sticker always wanted to do a sticker. So I'm going to have these available to hand out here and there. You know, I'll hand these out at CES and uh, meetups, meetings, wherever I go, I'll take a big stack of stickers. And it does have a new domain name in the upper right-hand corner. I've never been a big fan of .fm. 
I, I really, I've always thought that that's just mailing it in, right? And I've always been, I don't know, I, I'm not going to call myself a podcast purist, but I believe podcasting and radio are two different things, and they should be separated. Now that line is really blurring. I mean, you've got these radio guys, they publish everything as a podcast, right? Which is actually, it's pretty darn handy if you are a fan of that thing. Take, for instance, ESPN's work or, you know, some, t- some political show that you follow. You can always get it. You can always find it because it's a podcast. So I've never really liked doing the FM thing. Well, lo and behold, the past couple of years, it's the thing to do, right? It is the thing to do. So I'm going to take reset out of McCabe.io. I don't know what I'm going to do with McCabe.io because it's solely existed for this podcast. And I'm going to move it to reset.fm. Now, the second reason I'm going to do that is because when I was trolling for domains, as you know, if you followed me for a while, I have a domain issue. Yes, I do. I've actually been, I'll tell you that in a second. I I just tried reset.fm. I'm like, yeah, let me try it. And it was available. I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And then I had the, that, you know, when you get a .com, it's 14, let's say 15 bucks a year, just on average. When you first register, you get a little deal. Maybe you pay seven bucks. But it, every year after, it's 15 bucks. And if you're like me, you have 60 to 70 domains, it becomes expensive. Uh, reset.fm was going to be, I think, 89 bucks. And then I tried it at a different registrar because I have two different registrars I use. And I can uh, I can throw those in name servers. Right, I change the name server record to point to my server and then boom, it's done, right? It was 69 bucks. So 69 bucks, I can handle that. And I'll deal with it when it comes up for renewal. So that means I have to get rid of a couple of domains in order to pay for this domain, which is what I was referring to earlier, what I've been doing. I'm dropping domains like a bad habit. So there's a lot of domains coming out on the market lately. Uh, Multiples, different spelling, you know, just different things I've been uh, getting rid of and dropping. Okay, so we've, we've done enough about that five, six minutes on a sticker, right? So we're going to rebrand to reset.fm, and I think you're going to like it. I think it's going to be a nice little destination for a podcast, and uh, I, I'm still working on that. It's it, That is a slow move. I mean, speaking of slow moves, I've been moving forums for six, eight months now, and I'm finally, I would say, halfway there. I, and all the work was towards this this one half of the move but the next of it is moving domain names rebranding re-artwork all that kind of good stuff so that's what i have to look forward to now if you go to the homeservershow.com forums you can find a brand new look brand new login new things to do new things to see and i'm slowly but surely improving that day by day i don't want to put too much on the server and too much on the software at once. I'm just doing it kind of slowly, eking out feature after feature after feature, and it will improve, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to look great, actually. It's going to look really good. So if you can't tell, I've, 
honestly been on this trip to reduce my monthly outgoing. I think I talked about this last week, but the the ad blocker software, it's, it's taken its toll. I mean, it really is. You think it's minimal to folks, but it's, it's affecting me. I can see by the, uh, by month by month, how my take home is being reduced by, by those things. And I don't fault them. I I talked about this last week. So, cause I use them as well. If you use an ad blocker and you come to homeservershow.com or mccabe.io or reset.fm, please whitelist it. There's your public service announcement. So also, we're going to talk a little bit about Microsoft's announcement. I want to tell you about Project Fi. I'm really excited to tell you about this. And it's been a long time in the making. And uh, I think I will keep it interested, interesting for you, especially if you're not an Android guy or if you're not a, you know, interested in that kind of thing, mobile, which, which I am very much so. Okay, let's talk Microsoft. It's been a while since we've really dug in with uh, Microsoft, and they've got some things to say. They're going to reveal Project Scorpio. I'm sure you've heard about that is their next Xbox hardware platform. They have said that they're going to come out with that at E3. E3 is a big gaming conference. It is the perfect place for them to do that. That's June 11th. That's in Los Angeles, California, which actually is on a Sunday, which is kind of odd. There must have been some, I don't I dare say, scheduling conflicts. I don't know why you would want to do this on a Sunday since this is such, I mean, this is big. This thing is huge if you've heard about Project Scorpio. It's supposed to have this massive 4K GPU that has like six teraflops, like an eight core CPU, I think, and just massive amounts of bandwidth and GPU power. And all I can think of is VR, virtual reality gaming, uh, headset gaming. Uh, this is where there, this is where my mind goes, right? Because everybody's been building these big PCs to use the headsets, to use Oculus Rift, to use the HTC Vive, which is fantastic, actually. But you need a lot of hardware to push that. And you're putting a PC in the living room. Well, this is going to remove that barrier, right? So is this going to be VR-friendly with existing headsets? Or is this setting the bar for Microsoft to come to skate to with their HoloLens and their hardware partners like Acer and whatnot creating those headsets for the entry level for gaming and whatnot. So it's going to be interesting. I can't, I, it's one of the few times I'm really interested in Xbox, right? Because I'm really interested in VR. It's a hoot. It is so fun. If you haven't tried it, you know, go to someone's house who has it. It is, it's, it's all that. Trust me. We'll talk about it a little bit, but we won't, we won't, we won't kick the dead horse on it because, uh, I mean, it is emerging technology and it's exciting. So, yeah, but before that, May 2nd, Microsoft has announced that they're going to have a reveal. Now, if you were 
lucky enough to get the invite, you got the postcard that says, learn what's next. Hashtag Microsoft EDU, which, I mean, ED, we all know EDU is education. It's a .edu domain is college, so that's where everybody's brain has shifted to, and that's going to be 9.30 Eastern Time. It's in New York City, May 2nd. So that, I mean, right there, going to New York City, revealing a device, hopefully revealing a device, and revealing the next chapter for Microsoft, whether it's completely targeted at uh, education market or not. I've heard and read a lot of things that sound good in my brain about taking the next update of Windows and really making it shooting it towards the education market. I and and that's that's a good thing. That's a good thing for Microsoft to do. I see it in my own backyard where I have to send my kids to school with a rented iPad and they drive me crazy. Honestly, I would love for my kids to go to school with a Windows tablet or a Windows machine. Because just, you're going to get mad at me for this, but just because there's no decent app store for games that these kids can waste time with all the time. I mean, the iPad is, it is a time suck for a kid. They cannot keep their hands off of it. They cannot keep their eyes off of it. If someone around them grabs one, they gravitate towards it. And they want to watch, they want to talk. And it's, for education, it, it's a struggle. I mean, it really is a struggle. Now, with your older kids needing highly productive boxes, the Chromebook and Microsoft Windows and tablets fit perfectly in that, except for the pricing, Windows, Microsoft, and they know that. So that's why we think that this Microsoft EDU hashtag will reveal some type of update for Windows to be highly mobile, highly portable, like Google's cloud apps, and also to have a piece of hardware that will support that and not break the bank in getting these devices in these students' hands. Okay, like I said, a lot of people are prognosticating, shooting for the stars, predicting what will be unveiled at this event, and there are a lot of variables as well. Belforia coming back. Studio released in the fall. Surface Pro and Surface Book are nearing a point where they need a rev. And Windows 10 is past its creator's update. And we know Windows Cloud, keyword, is on the horizon. So there's a lot of things twirling about. And people are even talking about the Mini. Remember the Surface Mini? Supposed to be an RT device? Well, I'm just going to tell you, just hang that up, folks. The Mini, it's not there. Surface 3 was your Mini, and I don't think you're going to see a, um, a Mini at this, at this reveal on May 2nd. Surface 3? Clamshell kind of Surface 3-ish for Windows Cloud? Possible. But the Mini, that RT Mini, I think is, I think we just need to put a nail in that coffin. One device, one device only, one ping only for education purposes. So it's going to be really fun. 
to watch what happens here. No phones, no big surface reveal. So let's see what the crowd says once the, once the dust is settled. Of course, you can discuss this over at homeservershow.com slash forums, which soon to be will be resetforums.com. There's a hashtag reveal for you. Okay, now let's talk about Project Fi. Now, Project Fi is actually it's a cellular service. It's like Verizon. It's like AT&T. But it's completely different because it's from Google. And I know you've heard it, heard about it. You've probably heard me talking about it. You see people writing about it. So now it's my turn to tell you about my experience with it. And I want to tell you why I waited so long for this. I've been on the service. I mean, coming near two years that I've been on Project 5. And I really didn't feel like I could report to you about it until I traveled overseas with it. Now, two years ago, I went to Italy. And right after coming back from Italy, I changed over to Project 5. I wish I had done it prior. Oh, trust me, I wish I had done it prior. It would have saved me so much heartache. But I didn't. Lesson learned. But now I feel like I can really tell you about the service and how I felt about it. And especially since I have now taken it over to a European country and had service. And we can talk further about that. Now, Project 5 mixes T-Mobile, Sprint, and U.S. Cellular. All three of those carriers are available to you in your Project Fi phone. Your phone will utilize the signal that it receives the best. Now, in order to do this, your phone is a special phone. And that means there are only a few that will do this. Most all of them are the Google Nexus phones and the Pixel phones. Now, having said that, you can get an activated Fi SIM card to work in different phones. I have done that myself. So let's start back at the beginning. I left I left the comfy nest of Verizon to head out into the wild blue yonder of Project Fi and T-Mobile. One of the first things I found myself doing was in a big metal, big box store with my Project Fi phone and no signal. And I was thinking to myself, oh my God, what have I done? Well, yes, being such an early adopter, I did have some bumps and bruises. I will not lie to you about that. I questioned this move many many times. It has since been pretty rock solid. Back then, yes, they had to make some improvements. They had a lot of code to update to get this thing to work. And sometimes you would find yourself with cruddy data connection. You could always make a phone call. You could always usually text. Sometimes data would would get stuck and you'd have to switch your power off or switch to Sprint, switch to T-Mobile. There were apps to do that and codes to do and it was a, it was a mess. It was a mess. But I didn't need my phone 24/7, right? It's not a life and death situation. So I just I just stuck with it. Why did I stick with it? Well, a $20 base fee gets you unlimited talk and texts 
with your Project Fi SIM card that you put in your Project Fi enabled phone. And then every gigabyte of data is 10 bucks. That's it. 10 bucks. If you go over that gigabyte of data, Google will charge you another 10 bucks. Let's say you use 1 gig and 0.1 gig. Well, they're going to give you 9 bucks back at the end of the month when the pay period starts. That's how it is. If you go to 2 gigs, they're going to charge you 20 bucks. If you use 2.2, they're going to charge you 30 and give you back 8. Get it? It's 10 bucks a gig no matter what. The cool thing is is you can take this to many, 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 many countries. I don't have the list in front of me. It's a lot. Let's just say I took it to Portugal. I took it to the Azor Islands. We're talking about little islands in the middle of the ocean, a thousand miles off the coast of Portugal, and Spain, I guess, if you want to get oriented with your geography. And fired up my phone, and it jumped right on the network. So when you travel overseas, you get, in most places, this is the norm, 20 cents per minute for voice and still unlimited data on your data plan. It's just 10 bucks a gig, right? Unlimited SMS, by the way, so you can text all day long. Someone texts you from the States, boom, it just arrives. It's just like you're sitting in Cleveland or wherever you're at. The data rates are not LTE like they are over here. There was one point where my phone jumped on an LTE connection in these little islands. And I don't know where it was and how I got it, but it did. Most of the time it was H, right? HSPA plus, And the data rates weren't that bad. I, mean, I tried not to use too much data. But, you know, I'm doing my Twitter feed and stuff. I'm not watching YouTubes like I would here if if I was back on Wi-Fi. And I did jump on Wi-Fi as much as possible. Let's just face the facts there. It's ubiquitous. It's it's in Europe too, kids. Um, There's another beauty of the Fi service, which your your official Google Fi phone, let's take this project, I mean this uh, Pixel XL that I have, It will detect an open hotspot, open by, I'm saying, unsecured, right? There's a lot of unsecured hotspots in the world. Most of them are complementary types, like at coffee shops and restaurants and, and you just you name it. Well, Google will, in the background, check that hotspot, transfer some data, and make sure it's up to snuff up to snuff, meaning it's fast enough. It's not a crappy connection. It will create a VPN from your phone to Google headquarters and allow you to use that data free, meaning not charging against your Project Fi SIM card data plan. That is a very cool thing. That works in Europe as well. Sitting around in a restaurant, I look down at my phone and there's a big VPN key. That is the coolest thing in the world. Let me tell you. Then we ordered our Alcatra. We ate it. We were happy Americans living in Portugal for seven days. 
having the Phi phone was such a radically different experience than what we did in Italy two years ago with Verizon. With Verizon, you this is two years ago, guys. Someone may update me on how it's different now. But I'm sure they're still quite ornery in how they treat you. But here's how it was two years ago. You had to call. You couldn't go to the store. You had to call the international number. You had to pay for a plan. Said plan was, I think, 100 bucks, 80 to 100 bucks. It came with 100 meg of data and X amount of minutes. And it was just a pain in the, yeah, pain in the butt. So we had to kind of, man, you had to manage the phone, right? You just couldn't have it on. Always in airplane mode so it didn't, you know, use data, check mail, check Twitter, whatever it does in the background. You couldn't have it doing that. You and I both know you can suck down 100 meg instantly, right? And then I think every 100 after that was like 80 bucks. 80 bucks, $180. Good God, it was, it was, it was horrible. It was horrible. Now, I know you can go overseas and get SIM cards and do all that kind of crap, but honestly, who wants to do that? I don't want to do that. I, It's shady feeling to me. You see that little SIM card booth in the airport, and you're like, I don't trust these guys. We all know that the, the banks in the airport overcharge you. The restaurants overcharge you. What are these guys going to do? I didn't trust them. The Fi experience, fantastic. Phone on 24-7. I used it like I was sitting in a restaurant stateside. I just used my phone. I wouldn't even, we had to make a phone call. I wouldn't even bother using the hotel landline. I would just use my phone. It's easier. You just put the number in, do it, get it done. You need data, get it, do it, get it done. We used maps like crazy. We used my phone as, you know, Google Maps trying to get through these little streets and driving around in this, you know, in a foreign land. You need maps. Oh, man, you need maps. And that was, it was fantastic. Just, that was awesome. I can't tell you how good that experience is after having that horrible experience, right, with your, like, with the Verizon phone. This is good. 30 bucks a month. They also have group plans where you can add kid phones. You can monitor these kid phones. You can shut them down. You can set data caps on them. It really is a good service. The other thing, the biggest thing why I left Verizon was one of those stick it to the man kind of moments. I was just sick and tired of Verizon. The games they play with the hardware, the games they play on contracts, when contracts are due, and all the codes and how horrible their app was, how just it was it was a mess. Project Fi has an app. It's got several small tabs, and you can pay your bill from it. You can see your current cycle your data use, and each piece of hardware you have on it, you can change your billing, you can change your plan if you want, if you want to up to you know, a certain data level, they'll pre-charge you at that level. It's, it is a, an awesome experience with 
the Fi app. You can change your voicemail. You can do call forwarding. You can block numbers. It is a great service. You can also get help through this. Right via the app in a chat box, you can get help. You can ask questions. No more calling that stupid 1-800 number for Verizon. No going to that big box Verizon store where it was the birthplace of the flu handling all those phones and devices in there. Horrible experience. This is the experience you were looking for on Project Fi. Now, let's talk about some other things with Fi. When Google releases a new phone that works on Fi, you can finance it. You can finance, you can order it right on the app. They will finance it with no service charges, no interest payments. They just build it into your Fi payment and you're done. Easy peasy, just done. So I've got my new Pixel XL, which is, I don't know, six, eight months old now. And my payment is rolled into my Fi payment, my monthly payment, which is fantastic. Fantastic. The other stick it to the man moment was knowing that Project Fi, if you request it via the app or via the web page, you can say, Google, send me another SIM. Send me a tablet SIM. I got the air quotes going here. Tablet SIM. They will FedEx you a SIM card. You will have that in two days and you can stick that in an LTE tablet and use that device on your Fi plan. It will have all the connectivity you need to the network. It actually has a phone number assigned to it, which is really kind of cool because you can stick this in phones. What I have done is I have an iPhone 6 Plus and I use that iPhone 6 Plus for different reasons. It is my tablet. I game on it. I use it for iOS apps. I fly drones with it. You name it, I use it. And it's fantastic to have two phones. Now, I'm super uber geek. I realize that. But you yourself could get a tablet SIM and use the Project Fi tablet SIM. And it will list that piece of hardware on your account in the app. And you can see how much data you know you have used during the current cycle with that tablet SIM. It's pretty neat. It's pretty neat, guys. Now, as I alluded to earlier, you can stick, you can stick the Project Fi SIM card into an iPhone. GSM iPhone, preferably a T-Mobile iPhone, and it will work. You can call, text, use data, use iMessage, all that good stuff. It does work. Now, it does not take advantage of carrier switching. So if you get into the boonies in southern Wisconsin, where U.S. Cellular is prevalent, that iPhone will not switch to it. You're stuck. You're probably going to be out of data with no service. However... I've traveled through some boonie areas in the Carolinas where U.S. cellular was prevalent and it jumps right on it. And it's, it works and it works very well. Now, this is not for everybody. First of all, this is an Android option, which I prefer, by the way, and I love the Pixel. 
and the Android phones that are Nexus and Pixel related because they're just a pure Android experience. I don't like the shells hanging all over them, so I prefer just pure Android. And if you're a large data user, this is probably not for you. If you're handing your phone to your children, I can guarantee you this is not for you, which that's a faux pas in itself. I try, I will try never to do that. I never do that. I do not hand my phone to children. They know. They don't even ask anymore. This is dad's phone. That's his work phone. He's not giving it to me. There's, in fact, there's nothing on there they, they want to look at anyway, right? Now, mom, she's a sucker. She's got Lego City on there and all kinds of stuff. They grab her phone. Not my phone. Not now, not ever. I don't parent by device, so that's a good thing. But it may not be for you if you do or if you are a huge data consumption kind of person. You do not YouTube out on the free airwaves with this thing. Free airwaves meaning on LTE. You just don't do it because it's going to kill your 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 data for the month. It's going to kill your plan. You're... I, I liken this to some of the first like Prius owners where they would do everything possible to eke out every mile they could on those batteries and use as less gas as they could. That's what you're trying to do here. You don't want to get into that next tier of one of the, the gigabyte of data and pay the extra $10, right? Even though some of it's going to come back to you, you just don't want to do it. You're, you're sipping your data. And I thought, When I first got on this thing, I was like, wow, this is going to kill me. I'm going to be hunting for Wi-Fi all the time. And you know what? I'm not. I really don't even think about it. I just use what I want to use. I don't YouTube on the go. That's one thing. I love to YouTube, but I don't YouTube on the go. I play games on the go. You bet. I'll play. I'll get it out and play Boom Beach or, you know, whatever. I like to do that doesn't take that much data to do so. Phi is a good thing. You should explore it. How about, I think I've got a user code, right, for Project Phi. I'm going to put that in the show notes. If you, I think we both get a benefit, honestly. I don't, I don't even remember. But go to the show notes for this episode, mccabe.io. I think it's reset 21. You can click on that Phi link and maybe we both get a buck or two. How about that? Now, I recently read a review from Mr. Therat. Now, I respect Paul Therat. He went to Germany. He took his Fi phone. He took his Pixel XL, and he just freaking lit in to this phone. I don't know if I have the link or not. I don't even remember it. But, he, I mean, beyond calling it pure garbage, he called it trash, right? He said it was horrible experience and he's just flat out wrong it's it's not what he says it was i'm going to try to find this link i don't i don't i don't see it now but he writes about phi a lot and i'm searching as we podcast together and we will try to find out what he was thinking i i he must have been po'd that day or something on his project phi but it is not. This phone is not as bad as he was making it out to be. It's an Android phone. 
we all know Android phones have their issues from time to time, right? The Pixel XL is huge. It's immensely powerful. It rips through anything I want to do quicker than any other device I've ever had. And I still have the iPhone 6. My wife's got an iPhone. I've got tablets. It does what I need it to do. And I, I enjoy it. My other favorite phones, I really enjoyed the Nexus 6. I really enjoyed the Nexus 6P, which is the phone I had uh, prior to this one. The Nexus 6 is a big behemoth of a phone, but it's weird to go to a smaller phone after you've used that and you just want to go back to your Nexus 6. I I can't explain it. It's it's an odd feeling. The XL fits in there for me. I mean, yeah, the Pixel XL. It is monster bezels. The side bezels are thin, but it does have uh, a top forehead and a chin, which I do not like. I hope that it slims down akin to the Galaxies and the LGs of Norm. And I do believe Google will do that this year. I think they will have some type of hardware for you. For us, the other thing is, is I may stick on this Pixel XL. I, I say that every year and I always get a new phone. But I think I may stick with this as long as I humanly can, right? To save money, as we talked about it earlier. But the whole website thing. So let's wrap it up. Go out to patreon.com slash David McCabe. Jump into the at least the $1 patron. You could do the $2 patron, and I would really appreciate it. But if you do the $1, you're going to put your address in there. I'm going to send you a reset sticker. We'll have a good time. That's it. I hope you have a good weekend. Enjoy the good weather. We'll see you here next week. This has been Reset, a member of the Geeks Network. Check out thegeeksnetwork.com for more great podcasts and forums. Reset can be found at mccabe.io, youtube.com slash David McCabe for the videos, and on Twitter at McCabe.io. Intro and outro music by Daryl Lee. Find Darley at soundcloud.com, Darley Music. That's D-E-R-L-E-E, music. Support of this podcast can be done at patreon.com slash David McCabe. And if you wouldn't mind, throw a couple stars out there on iTunes if you get a chance to. Thank you for supporting, and I'll see you next week on Reset. Reset.